Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Doesn't get any better than this. Here on the Kevin Sheehan Show, DOC on the microphone, didn't they? running everything down in studio, and we're joined now by, wow, what a big get. You know how many people in the country right now tried to get Al Galdi on, and he he said, nah, not happening, because he was booked on the Kevin Sheehan Show. And uh, my dog, back in prime time again. So, Denton, let's go at it, man. Let's see if the two of us can compete with Al Galdi. Brother Galdi, how are you, my friend? DOC, I was just hanging out with Josh Harris and Bob Myers and Rick Spielman. It's a good day, my friend. How are you? I am good. Which goat walking away surprised you most? Uh, well, I guess you'd have to say Nick Saban just because there's been so much out there about Bill Belichick. So the news this morning is big, but, you know, it's not really that surprising. But it really is something. I mean, Belichick – Carroll, Saban, all within a 24-hour period. You have the tie-in of Belichick and Saban, of course, having been on the same Cleveland Browns coaching staff years ago. You have, uh, I think, in Belichick and Saban, I mean, Belichick, best NFL head coach ever, Saban, best college football head coach ever. Uh, It it really is nuts. I mean, I I almost wish that these things had been spread out a little more. I I feel like a lot's going to get lost in the shuffle here. Like, there's almost too much happening in terms of, like, properly – talking about and assessing the careers that these guys have had. But, you know, I think about Bill Belichick and in an era that was designed 
for dynasties to not happen because of free agency and the salary cap, that this guy had a dynasty really is something. And I know that some of the shine has come off the last few years with the lack of success without Tom Brady. But still, I mean, what Belichick did, the run that the Patriots had uh, was tremendous. And so I take even greater pleasure in the reality that Steve Spurrier beat Bill Belichick in 2003 as Redskins head coach. I find that hysterical, that Spurrier, for all of the bad that happened with him here, actually beat Belichick in 2003. And, Doc, we can say that Ron Rivera's final win as Washington head coach was over Belichick. That was the commander's last win this season. So go figure. Who knew? Uh, Galdi, since you were out there hanging out with Josh Harris, did your pain, uh, did your plane pass Kevin's plane on the way when you were coming back up here? I know he's down in Miami hanging out too. Yeah, Kevin's plane is a lot bigger than uh, Josh's plane, but uh, yeah, you, you know, Kevin's plane takes up a lot of airspace. They have to, they have to actually ground other planes in order for Kevin's plane to make its way. You got to keep things safe, of course. But so you're talking about Belichick. Do you think that Josh Harris is going to, you know, at least take an interview with, with Bill Belichick? I know they've said they want to overturn every stone here. Well, I wouldn't have a problem with Josh having a conversation with Belichick, but I was reached out to by a source from uh, a source, I'll put it like this, close to the inner workings of the Harris group months ago. And I talked about this on my podcast. There is no interest in Belichick. The Belichick stuff with the commanders is fake news. And others in the local media have said that. I think it's really odd and telling that all of the commanders Belichick stuff is coming from national reporters. Not a single area reporter is fueling that. Um, so I, I think that's something to keep in mind when it comes to the Belichick stuff. But, you know, with, what is happening with the commanders I think there is a lot of value in talking to a lot of people. Um, I like that, you know, there have been so many interviews already. You know, I think that does speak to the rapid but thorough approach that Harris is conducting. But I think there is tremendous value in sitting down with all of these smart, rising NFL front office executives and just hearing what they have to say about the team. So I would not have a problem with Josh sitting down with Bill Belichick. I don't know that that's going to happen. I mean, I would think, Belichick is not in the mood to do any like token interviews. Like he probably wants to only talk to teams that are serious about hiring him. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's always stuff that you can learn. And, you know, with the way that Washington's 2023 season is, there is a lot <laughs> that we need to learn. There's a lot that can be gained. So um, certainly if you can pick the mind of the greatest head coach ever, why not? But I, I am not in favor of the commanders hiring him. Uh, for a lot of different reasons, most of which have been discussed, and uh, I don't expect Washington to try to hire him. Yeah, it's going to be interesting in that you're right. You can steal so much intel. Uh, you, you, This is a, a really gathering time. And I've had on X today so many people think that Kevin is either working on a mock draft or was he really called in for his expertise. It's almost like and, – and none of us really know – all this know that it's all good. He could have been a book signing. But I think we're going to be better off because whomever we get right now is going to be sought after. You know, we're not just taking crumbs off the floor. This is going to be important. And there's so many different variants of how much talent we have. From 1 to 10, Gauls, can you rate what you think our level of talent is as we speak? Yeah, I would have given you a much higher number going into this season. Uh, but I think one of the real 
negative aspects of this season was that it shined a spotlight on the talent not being what it should be. So if you're telling me to pick a number one to 10, I'd say like three or four. Like, I think it's subpar talent. I think it's below average talent. And that doesn't mean that there isn't talent on this team. That doesn't mean that there isn't talent that can't be coached up better on this team. But I think to think that this season was as bad as it was solely because the coaching was bad. I I just, I'm not buying that. Like I think that we overvalued some of the talent here. And I think one of the real depressing aspects of the Ron Rivera era is what the player personnel ended up being, which is really bad. You know, for, for a period of time, you could make the case that the player personnel was at least okay, but it cratered this year. I mean, I mean the, the team this year had the third worst point differential in a regular season in Washington history, minus 189. It's not just that the team went four and 13. It's that the team got smashed repeatedly and got smashed despite not being hit hard by injury and despite not facing an overwhelmingly difficult schedule. Like this season really was set up for the team to do pretty well. And instead the team fell on its face. And so, yes, a lot of that was coaching, make no mistake, but I think it'd be foolish to just dismiss the talent aspect of this. I think there is a talent upgrade that needs to happen. Uh, I think it's hard to feel great about any singular position group right now. Certainly you feel better about some versus others, but I think they all need work. Some need a lot of work. Some need total overhauls, and uh, yeah. I would expect that to happen. Would you? Uh, would you bring back Cam Curl next season? Uh, I would. I mean, it depends on the the cost. Uh, you know, I, I think what this season has shown us about Cam Curl is he's a good player. He's not a great player, and he's not worthy of like top of the market money for safety. Um, I think he's a solid, dependable safety. But, A, he doesn't make big plays, and while I think it's dangerous to assess player value solely by, like, takeaways generated because takeaways can be fluky, if you're going to pay big money to a defensive back, he does need to make some plays. Like, Ed Reed made a lot of plays as a safety, okay? So, like, you could look at him and say, well, having him on your team basically guaranteed X number of big plays per season. You don't get that with Cam Curl. Now, I think you do largely get solid play, but I think you have to factor in. Like, he just does not make flash plays. And the other thing is, he was part of a secondary that was atrocious. Now, I don't put all of that on him, certainly, but, you know, I think it is worth mentioning that. Like, he was part of one of the worst units in the NFL this season, the Washington secondary. So, I'm all for bringing him back. I think Cam has demonstrated uh, an ability to play well. He also has demonstrated durability, which should not be underrated. Uh, But I'm not in the mood to pay him massive money. And uh, I I don't know even that he's going to be able to command the kind of money that he probably was wanting to command. Because, again, you know, he did not have the kind of season that screams, oh, my God, you got to pay this guy top of the market money. He'll get a decent contract, and he should. But uh, I'm not uh, looking to pay him top of the market money. Yeah, I can't disagree with you at all. Al Galdi, of Al Galdi Worldwide here on the Kevin Sheehan Show, Doc Walker, Ditton Day, in here holding up uh, the hardware. I wanted to get your evaluation of the quarterbacks coming out. What camp has Galdi International decided to put their chips behind? Caleb, Drake, Daniels, Penix, McCarthy. Do you have a leader in the clubhouse? Well, I think in terms of pure talent and upside, I think Caleb Williams is the guy. Now, I think there's a lot of due diligence that always has to happen with this stuff. And so I think the next few months are going to be really telling in terms of finding out about these guys as people. 
But just looking at what Caleb Williams can be, looking at what he has been when he has been at his best, boy, I mean, it is hard (laughs) to turn down (laughs) that kind of talent and that kind of upside. Uh, But, look, I like Drake May a lot, and I think it's really interesting that more and more you are hearing people say that it's possible that Drake May will be the QB1 in this draft and not Caleb Williams. Now, I wonder sometimes if maybe that's Caleb Williams' fatigue, that people – it's been this, like, foregone conclusion for so long that Caleb is a QB1 that now people want to take a contrarian approach. But I think there's a lot to like about Drake May. I I thought this really stood out. So Albert Breer of the MMQB, he a few weeks ago wrote about this, how in talking with multiple NFL executives, they ranked Williams and May – as the second and third best quarterbacks in an NFL draft since 2021. So Trevor Lawrence is number one, but if you rank all the quarterbacks in NFL drafts 2021 through this quarterback class, it would be Lawrence one, Williams two, May three. So I think that tells you about at least the perception from some NFL executives about Williams and May. Now look, you have to uh, mention the caveat of NFL executives are wrong about quarterbacks a lot. So I, I do recognize that. Uh, but, yeah, I think there's a lot to like with both guys. I think the upside for Williams is greater than any quarterback in this draft class. And I think a lot of this just comes down to what do you think about these people as people? You know, do they love football? Do they work hard? Is there drama that you're going to have to deal with with either guy or are both guys good people who you want in your building? And So that's to be determined. What do you think about uh, uh, Jaden Daniels? Is he in that conversation or are you kind of out on him? Uh, I'm not out on him. I am uh, intrigued by him, but I think he's a pretty clear number three. Like, I think you have a one and a two and then a gap, and then you have a three. And if you look at some of the advanced stuff with Jaden Daniels, he threw to a lot of wide-open pass catchers this season. Drake May, for instance, had a lot more tight window passes, so that's always something, I think, to keep in mind. But, look, Jaden Daniels can play. We saw that. I certainly don't want to be dismissive of him. And, you know, inevitably, there always is a quarterback who is an extreme riser in the draft season. And that certainly could be Jaden Daniels because of the season that he had. Uh, Because, let's be honest, I mean, there's not much uh, length for Williams or May to climb. Like, they're already where you want to be. So could Daniels be a guy whose stock surges as time goes on here? But, yeah, I I think Daniels, for now, is the pretty clear number three. And, you know, I I think what's going to be interesting is, okay, so Commander's getting a new football operations regime. Of course, what do they think about these people? And is it possible that the commander's new regime likes Daniels more than most and maybe trades down, gets Daniels, and picks up assets? And so the commanders in the draft get the quarterback but also get a bunch of assets via that number two overall pick. I don't see that as likely. I think what's probably going to happen is that we stay at two and take Williams or May, whoever's left over, but uh, there's enough there with Jaden Daniels to where I don't think it's inconceivable that his stock really rises in the coming months. Okay, then let's take that from the quarterback to the head coach. Who do you think ultimately will be the head coach of the commanders? Because I think that might influence who is selected with the number two pick. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to say this without knowing the head of football ops, but if I had to venture a guess, I would say Ben Johnson. I'm going to swing big here. I think the commanders are swinging big, and I think it's very possible that they end up connecting. I think there is a ton that Washington has going for right now with all of the offseason resources, with the new ownership, with the number two overall pick. 
And, you know, if the commanders get, say, Adam Peters to run football ops, I don't know the extent to which there is a relationship between Peters and Johnson. And so something like that is going to matter, right? If you're Ben Johnson, you're this white hot head coaching candidate. You want to go to a situation to where you feel comfortable with whoever your boss is. So, you know, where are Peters and Johnson at? Where are whoever ends up running commanders football ops and Johnson at? Wild card question. We don't know. But something to think about is, you know, you're Ben Johnson. You come here. You're going to be with a team with all of this cap space. You're going to be with a team, five picks in the top 100 in the draft. I don't know how much this matters, but Ben Johnson, and I'm sure many of pe- people listening know this, he was a walk-on quarterback at North Carolina. So if the commanders took Drake May at two, you'd have this, like, perfect setup of a former Carolina quarterback coaching a guy who just came out of Carolina. So, you know, you'd have that connection to whatever extent that matters. And, you know, what we're seeing with Josh Harris is he's very aggressive in getting people here. Like, I think with the Adam Peters thing, it's really telling. Adam Peters last offseason turned down interviews from the Titans and Cardinals. Here we are now this week, day one of the offseason, the commanders requested permission to speak with Peters. And day two, Peters granted that interview, right, Tuesday night at the Josh Harris residence in Florida. So I think the appeal of the commanders is real. Like Adam Peters is the Ben Johnson of executive this off season. He was, he was interested enough in Washington to take that interview so quickly. So I don't think it's far fetched to say that the commanders swing big and connect and get say Peters and Johnson. Uh, But of course there's a lot to be determined. It didn't. Um, If Dan landing landing is in Alabama, (laughs) <laughs> meet without I mean what's it has it been 24 hours yet could we say that this deal was already known uh landing to Alabama I mean I think he's I think in some, Alabama now he's in Alabama he's talking now. to him as we speak I think there were some calls made ahead of time yeah okay thank you okay all right uh, Galdi, is there any of the name like we got uh, bombarded? It felt like with names of who's being interviewed for head coach and assistant or general manager. Is there any name that stuck out to you that you that you maybe don't want? Uh, not really, no. Because what I want are people who are young and rising, and every front office guy whose name has come up is young and rising, and every head coach who's come up, save I guess for Jim Harbaugh, is young and rising, but. As far as I've seen, only one person has reported on the commanders in Harbaugh. That was Jordan Schultz of Bleacher Report. I have not seen anyone else say that the commanders reached out to Harbaugh. So the extent to which Washington is interested in Jim Harbaugh remains kind of unclear. But I think the way to go with this is to get the next big thing, not the previously great thing. That's why I don't want Bill Belichick. You know, I don't want you know Pete Carroll. I don't want uh, a guy who has had maybe a lot of success and should be respected, but I think the way to do this is you get the next great thing. Like you want that next great combo of front office guy, head coach guy. Hopefully they are in alignment in concert and, you know, it's onward and upward with those guys. And I think that it's very telling that all of the candidates who've come out so far, like I said, say for Harbaugh are young rising names, you know, smart forward thinking people. Um, you know, the one thing that I had thought was I really want an offensive minded head coach. I do still feel that way. But I'm not, I am open to the defensive-minded coach. Like, I don't think you just slam the door shut on that because there are some impressive defensive-minded head coaching candidates. You think about a Mike McDonald. And, you know, you look around the NFL, 
say like the Houston Texans, defensive-minded head coach D'Amico Ryans, but a really good offense this season with Bobby Sloak as the OC. And, oh, by the way, right, the quarterback taken with a number two overall pick in a draft. So I, I don't think like there's one way that this has to be. Preference would be for the offensive-minded head coach, but you know, like look at the AFC playoff picture. There are a number of defensive-minded coaches in the AFC playoffs this postseason. So you can do it more than one way. It doesn't have to be, you know, one particular way. No, no gripes for me, didn't I? I just, I mean, we've hit every stone for the most part, with the exception. Uh, you know, I always think about those three positions: left tackle, quarterback, and rush in pressure guy we went pressure less after giving up our two greyhounds what is your number one concern defensively well the number one issue with the defense this season was the giving up of the explosive play so what i think has to be attacked is preventing the explosive play now you can do that of course in a variety of ways one is what you just talked about which is generating more pressure and there's no question this team needs to be better in that regard wasn't good enough in that regard even with montez sweat and chase young which is interesting i think something worth studying uh but yeah I, i think the defense is in need of an entire overhaul I think the secondary needs to be rethought and redone. The defensive front certainly needs to be rethought and redone. I think everything should be on the table. That includes trading Jonathan Allen. That includes trading Deron Payne. I'm not giving them away, okay, but I'm open to anything here. I'm not married to any player on this team with how bad this past season was, okay? Like, I think you have to be open to anything here. Um, especially, by the way, with John Allen having a pretty favorable contract, zero guaranteed money moving forward. So there is so much to think about with the defense, and I don't know that you can fix it in one offseason, but I do know this. You can certainly get some better players, and you can certainly get (laughs) some better coaching, okay? And those two things could make for the defense at least being decent next year, and and I think that's got to be the hope. Um, What happened with the defense this season was embarrassing, it was inexcusable. It should have never happened. And I, I think there almost should be like studies done on what happened with this defense because there's no good reason for this. Again, the team wasn't hit hard by injury, certainly on defense. It's not like the team faced a murderer's row of opposing quarterbacks, and yet the defense was atrocious. And, you know, it made me laugh. I heard some people say, like, well, the defense got better when Ron Rivera took it over after firing Jack O'Neill. <laughs> no, it didn't. No, it didn't. The defense was terrible <laughs> the rest of the season. Gaming, the Jets, who are horrible, the Jets ran over us in that game in terms of the rushing offense that was done by the Jets in that game. So, like, no, the defense was bad no matter who the coordinator was this season. Uh, Al, final question from me. This one, I'm going to be a little uncultural here, Doc, so I apologize. But, Al, one of my biggest – one of my biggest missions over the past like three weeks is to get Kevin, a non-wrestling fan, to watch the movie Iron Claw. Have you had the opportunity to see the Iron Claw yet? I haven't. I've heard good things. Uh, uh, you know, I was a little um, not scared of the movie, but I was a little worried about the movie because, as I'm sure you know, and people who know wrestling know, the Von Erich story is a very complicated, multi-layered story with like one depressing occurrence after another. And I I was fearful of, is the story going to be properly told in a movie? But from what I understand, it actually is done pretty well. 
So I am looking forward to seeing the movie. Um, I, I, you know, I, I've seen some really good documentaries on the Von Erichs. I've read a lot about the Von Erichs. Uh, so to answer your question, I've not seen the movie, but I do want to see it, and I've actually heard good things about it. Well, good deal. Well, if you have a premiere, uh, let us know, Galls, and we'll be there with you. Yes, absolutely. I will. And uh, maybe Kevin will let us sit at least in the back row. We'll see. Well, if he lets us in, yeah. yeah, that, yeah. That, I can't promise you that. Thanks, brother. Hey, thank you very much. Appreciate it. As Coach would say, D.D., Al Galdi, simply one of the best. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.